0: Welcome to Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to talk about episode three of season two of Farscape.
1: Taking the Stone. This episode was directed by Rowan Woods, Farscape Standby. He's hmm. directed many previous episodes, including one of my personal favorites, a human reaction. And this episode was written by Justin Manju, another stand perennial, by. yes. Yeah. He uh, he also wrote a human reaction, so Teamed up again. There you go. Before we watch this episode together, I brought up on our Facebook group and I mentioned on Twitter that this episode is only ranked kind of mid lane on IMDb by the fans, but that I I really like it. I like what it does for Chiana. And someone in our Facebook group mentioned, I thought this was interesting, that it gives Chiana something interesting, but since the rest of the show kind of ignores her once we get into John's deal... Maybe that's why this episode is kind of eh.
0: I have no strong feelings on this episode one way or the other. It was fine, I guess. I. eh.
1: Yeah, this episode might not be this episode of our podcast, not of the show. This episode might be kind of short because in addition to, as you say, being kind of eh about it, it being kind of a middling episode... Not
0: a lot happens. There's and, I mean, a
1: lot of long shots of people standing around looking at each other. So, just talking about the plot is not going to take us too long.
0: I mean, it didn't drag, which was nice. There's some episodes where it feels like they have like 15 minutes of plot and they're just kind of bulking it out. Which this episode did kind of have some of that, but it didn't drag. I mean, it's basically someone we've never heard of dies, and Chiana goes to a sad planet and does a bunch of drugs and then leaves.
1: Here's the thing. This problem of which you speak, mm-hmm. I think we've left most of that problem behind with season one. Okay. Season two, Farscape really starts to hit its stride, and um, too little plot is not going to become an issue with Farscape.
0: What was the episode with like the multicolored space whale thing? They, they got caught mid-jump, and there was a multicolored space whale, and they were all in different colored dimensions, and... It, the whole thing was like, okay, you had a really, really solid 20 minutes, but then you had to have John like, do all of this fetch quest crap because otherwise you only had 20 minutes of plot. So he kept on having to jump between the dimensions to, you know.
1: Yeah, Moyo was trapped mid-starburst. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it was all like, really trying to kill time here, huh?
1: Well, let's talk about taking the stone.
0: All right. So, uh, we open with... Chiana having a sad attack at John who's ignoring her to fix a DRD.
1: He's not fixing a DRD. He's he's uh, messing with the navigation. He wants to figure out how Moya's navigation works. And here's the thing. Like, I get that he's... No, here's the thing. John's a dick in this episode.
0: Yes. Yes, he is. John's a major dick, which, given that his thing is, you know, he's, he's the human. He feels. He learns. He grows. Like... Having him be, like, repressive space dude is an odd take for this episode.
1: Yeah, you're right. Okay. Oh, so many things. So many things. Okay. Jumping ahead of ourselves for a bit. Mm -hmm. Like, just real quickly jumping ahead of ourselves. We're going to have, in this episode, a a classic sci-fi trope, which is the Planet of Children. Although in this episode, it's not planet of children, it's planet of adolescence. Mm. Usually when you have this deal where it's a planet where everyone dies before they're 15 because of something on the planet and then the, you know, the society is made up of 12 and 13 year olds and then the the 14 and 15 year old elders.
0: You know, every single thing that's just ripping off children of the corn.
1: Exactly. Well, so you have that kind of thing, except, you know, the radiation kills them slightly slower. So it's a, it's. It's a planet of adolescence, right? Like 16 and 17 year olds and the 20 year olds are the elders.
0: Yeah, it's people die when they're in their like 30s instead of their, you know, late teens. Right. Or, you know, whenever people normally die.
1: So John coming in and being like, I'm going to fix all this. He's really in the Kirk role. Hmm. And as a result, he's really having to do some out of character dickishness. Because he's being crammed into a sci-fi trope that John doesn't really fit into. Hmm.
0: So, Chiana is having a sad, but John has no time for her. He's electrocuting the ship that they're all living in, which seems like a bad idea. The living ship that they're all living in.
1: Also, John's like, I'm busy, Chiana. I don't have time for whatever these female emotions are. You've got... John! John! You have nothing but time! (laughs) <laughs> you you're on a ship in the middle of nowhere you're you're trying to get information out of the system you could do that literally at any other point after you listen to Chiana hmm. but that's not what happens
0: instead he shooes Chiana away and she goes and there's a device that's beeping at her and she's all like oh 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 no and she uh, pulls up her shirt so that we see her makeup covered Stomach and... Torso. Yeah. Well, she does a lot of sit-ups.
1: Well, okay, they zoom really close on her torso so that we can see her slice it open and reach in with uh, forceps and pull out this little plastic disc.
0: Well, we uh, we see her stomach and then it cuts away. And then we see a sheet of paper with abs screen printed onto it.
1: Yeah, you know what it looks like? And now that I'm saying it, what it probably was... It looked like that fake skin that tattoo artists practice on before they let them tattoo real humans. Hmm. That's actually, that's probably exactly what it was. (laughs) Yeah. So she pulls out this little plastic disc and it's beeping and then it's beeping stops forever.
0: Wah, wah.
1: Yes. It's very sad.
0: And a DRD comes, you know, to see if she's okay because the DRDs are awesome. And she smashes it because Gianna's a jerk.
1: She's sad.
0: Yeah, but, like, you don't go around smashing puppies when you get sad. You know who does that? Jerks.
1: Okay, I guess so. Yeah. Especially
0: if they're puppies that are directly responsible for keeping you alive, and if you kill too many puppies, then you will die horribly in space.
1: Okay, yes, Tiana should not have smashed up the DRD.
0: Fine. I feel like we've been sort of... She has been underutilizing the DRDs.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um... Just wait, I guess. (laughs) Just wait. (laughs) So we find out that Chiana smashed the DRDs, so it's not keeping track of where she is. And so Moya doesn't know exactly what happened, just that Aaron's prowler is gone and Chiana probably took it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So Aaron- That's a really specific ship to steal. She couldn't have gotten one of Moya's transpo things.
1: Yeah, she should have taken one of the transport pods. If she had taken a transport pod, it's so much less likely that Aaron would have wanted to go after her.
0: Honestly, if she had taken a transport pod, I mean, they probably wouldn't have found out she was gone until, you know, it's too late.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, she's she's grieving. She's not really thinking, you know, too far ahead. And it is Chiana, so I have to think that what probably happened, is she took the ship that looks coolest. mm she definitely did. Between the Farscape one, the transport vessels and the prowler, the prowler definitely looks the coolest.
0: So, they found the thing that Chiana had stuck inside her. It's like you know those those like rings that I think Hallmark sold where you know you have a matched pair with someone and they're connected via Wi-Fi or something and if you like rub one then the other one gets hot and it's supposed to be romantic or whatever
1: i was not aware of those i know about a a lamp that works like that like they're two two different you know two lamps and they're connected to the internet and you have them in different locations and like when one person turns on the lamp the other one turns on so that like the person knows you're thinking of them also i've seen i feel like in like an instagram ad a little wi-fi heart box and you can like turn the light on on the heart
0: yeah, yeah. I think it might have been bracelets, actually, or something. But I, I feel like it might have been sharper image, but it feels like a Hallmark thing. Yeah. But, yeah. It's basically a sci-fi version of that, where you implant someone you love with this device, and then when you die, it lets them know.
1: Well, it, like, connects your heartbeats, right? So, like, she was... It was her brothers, and basically... We will, we will find out. And basically... Oh,
0: we did? I... I knew it was someone important to her, but I totally missed the it her being her brother thing.
1: Yeah, it was her brother. Yeah. So, basically, like, she could feel in her side through the disc her brother's heartbeat, and he presumably could feel hers wherever his disc is implanted. And then it stopped, meaning her brother died. It's no, it's no dumber than matching tattoos.
0: No, I don't think it's dumb or anything. It's just, uh, it's really hard to have, I don't know strong emotions about a character we've never met who gets vaguely referenced like at the end of the episode
1: i'm having strong emotions for chiana her brother died and nobody cares and now she's like fine nobody cares i'm gonna go do my thing and well we'll see how john reacts to that
0: Mm. john doesn't want to hear about your emotions but he also doesn't want you to leave
1: god he's not great in this episode is he
0: But everyone's honked off at Chiana because just because someone died doesn't mean you steal Aaron's Prowler and go to the dead people planet where all the dead people are stored.
1: It's a cemetery planet. It's a planet where all of the royal people bury their dead. And can we just talk about, like, capitalism? Essentially, we have a planet that the royals of this sector have decided, hey, um... We just want to put our bodies here on this planet so no one can live here or utilize it. We'd rather, like, keep a dead man's grip on it. It's very Jeff Bezos of them.
0: Well, it just makes me think of that, uh, that bit from Lower Decks, spoiler for whatever episode this is from, where uh, they're trying to figure out, like, they need to destroy a moon like all of the moons around this planet are colonized and they need to destroy a moon because otherwise they're all going to fall out of orbit or something i don't remember the exact setup some space thing some space thing and they're they're trying to convince this guy to take his people off the planet and he's like well you can't do it it uh, it affects it affects the entire population it affects both of us and they have him like both of you and he's like well yeah I'm a, my wife and I are the only people who live on that moon where We're we're rich. And she's like, okay, we're blowing up that moon.
1: <laughs> That's why the Federation is good, by the way. Uh, All right. So, Chiana has landed on this cemetery planet.
0: And, uh-oh, it's space punks.
1: Yeah. So, uh. Yes, a bunch of space punks, one of whom's personality trait is that he is constantly eating psychedelic mushrooms.
0: mushrooms. I'm getting a real Sid Vicious impression from him.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: He doesn't come off like Sid Vicious. He comes off like someone doing an impression of Sid Vicious. Someone doing a bad impression of Sid Vicious.
1: So, okay, these characters, this, this, this... culture on this planet Mm. has always struck me as very like generic what certain people think punk culture was like Mm. um but when i as i said mentioned this on our facebook group uh someone mentioned that she felt like it kind of was an uncomfortable indigenous people
0: colonialism thing
1: yeah i didn't get any of that but the person who said this is Australian, and this is an Australian show, so I'm wondering if there were like some markers that didn't read for me.
0: Mm. But I mean, I I, I can see that read.
1: Yeah, I mean, they have kind of the so like their hair is kind of it's it's not locked. It's what punks used to do, where you put wood glue in your hair, yeah. which is why it read punk to me. But I can see how it looks like and you it's know dyed
0: like manic panic red, and it's you know. It's got those, like, twist things. Like you said, the wood glue the twists.
1: Yeah. But I can see how that could read as white people appropriating, you know.
0: It's what that um, that guy who used to be punk, but now he's a Republican. I know that doesn't... That's so
1: many people. I know what that happened? doesn't narrow
0: it down at all. Like, I was so disappointed to hear about Billy Corgan. Not that I was ever a huge Smashing Pumpkins fan, but, like...
1: It's always disappointing to hear someone's conservative. Yes. No matter who they are.
0: So, Tiana is down on the planet and all of these punk dudes are smelling her.
1: Yeah, they do the, they do a, spoiler, fake out where you think that she's going to get attacked, but uh, it's just, okay. When we get back to her, she's going to be fine.
0: They're just going to do her hair.
1: Yeah. So, uh, John and Aaron land on the planet In a transport pod that they had to take because Aaron's super cool prowler was stolen.
0: Okay, I'm going to give the episode this. I had... Again, I didn't dislike it. I had no strong feelings about it throughout the episode. The visuals in this episode are really cool, though.
1: Yeah, it's very... It's somehow both post-apocalyptic and gothic. Mm. In a way that really kind of appeals to me. Yeah. Rigel is with John and Aaron. Briefly. Yeah, well, he's going to have his own very strange plot. Very
0: limited subplot. His
1: teeny tiny plot. I feel like the only reason they brought him down on the planet was so that he could give us the exposition right now about this being a cemetery planet.
0: You know who should be here?
1: Dargo? Because he had that weird kind of semi-romance with Chiana last week.
0: Okay. It's interesting that you said that because yes, but no, like they, they established last week that Chiana was into Dargo and Dargo seemed to have just no feelings about Chiana one way or the other. Is that how their relationship is progressing? Well, because he also seems to actively not give a shit that she's, you know, not on the ship anymore.
1: Well, they had a psychic connection inexplicably last week.
0: It's just, Dargo has literally no interest in Chiana, so this romance is not being well established.
1: They could have used this to establish it.
0: I mean, I honestly didn't get that Chiana was supposed to be romantically into Dargo. It just seemed like she only likes the dudes on the, like, I assumed she was just friends with Dargo and didn't like other women, because that's how Chiana comes off.
1: I mean, to be honest with y'all, when I wasn't watching this show as closely as we're watching it now, I didn't really think that chiana was into dargo until the first part of look at the princess when as those of you who have seen the show know it becomes clear that she and dargo are a thing
0: because they doink
1: yeah john walks in on them doinking
0: so maybe maybe you should have laid some more seeds i don't know they're, they're
1: laying more groundwork than i thought they had I she washed his clothes sorry but you what were what were you written,
0: if- written by men huh
1: that last week's episode for sure uh but i that wasn't what you were going to say what were you going to say about who should have gone down to the planet
0: no that's what i was going to say i was going to say dargo because the narrative is definitely not giving their relationship the focus it should be if it's going to go into a romantic uh is dargo even in this episode
1: yeah he yells at rigel for the thing rigel's going to do in his teeny tiny plot
0: Ah, so he doesn't address the fact that Chiana's not there at all.
1: Nope. Although, to be fair, I think John is the only person who is behaving in this episode in a way that, as I mentioned, is kind of dickish in that he is insisting that Chiana come back and be a family with them when she wants to stay here. I feel like every other crewmate of Moya, even though you know, they are a crew now, they are becoming a family now, isn't going to say, no, you shouldn't go off. If she's happy, let her go off.
0: I mean, honestly, I feel like you could really easily change John's thing to Dargo.
1: Dargo would then have a reason to try to get her to come back.
0: Of course, John was also throwing a temper tantrum last episode when Dargo just wanted to have sex with What's Her Bucket, so.
1: It was killing Moya. And it could have killed Dargo.
0: Yeah, I I meant before they found out it was killing Moya, but like...
1: We could have killed Dargo!
0: Lots of things could kill Dargo. Dargo's a very sensitive lad.
1: I'm sure John doesn't want any of the things that could kill Dargo to happen.
0: (laughs) But he's like, I might die, but apparently it was very... I think John needs to stop sticking his nose into other people's cultural business.
1: I was gonna say John needs to stop thinking he's the daddy of this ship, which is what's happening. John thinks he's everyone's daddy right now.
0: Is he a disciplined daddy?
1: He's a disciplined daddy. God.
0: So Rigel, Aaron, and John are on the planet's surface. They're looking for Chiana, but...
1: First they have a quick discussion where John is shocked that there's such a thing as a cemetery planet. And when he mentions that we just bury our dead on Earth, Rigel thinks that's disgusting. And you know what? He's not entirely wrong. People have gotten sick from things like living downstream of cemeteries. So, you know.
0: Yeah, but we're not exactly spoiled for choice. We can't just fling our dead into the sun or whatever they do with non-royal dead people in the far world. Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) But the real reason Radul is here is for grave robbing.
1: He holds out for like a full 15 seconds before he grave robs. But yeah, he... he...
0: Somebody didn't grow up with Aladdin.
1: Right? Well, that's funny because that is going to be, uh... That's going to be Zan's plot this episode. or, Or Zan's part in Rigel's plot. Trying to convince him that he is cursed from his grave robbing.
0: Which, to be fair, he is. Unless she's just using psychic powers to make it seem like he is.
1: I don't know. I don't know.
0: It's barely a subplot.
1: It is. I do want to bring up, though, is really clear from this particular subplot how seldom they have Rigel really truly handle things. Mm. For a character who's as materialistic as he is, they really try to avoid having those little puppet hands grasp anything. It. He we looks.
0: Puppet hands.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you for that angel reference. He looks a lot like a puppet in this episode, I guess is what I'm saying.
0: Yes. So, he ditches John and Aaron immediately to steal as much stuff from royal dead people as possible.
1: As much as his wee little hands can carry.
0: And, uh, John and Aaron are going into the catacombs under the earth to look for Tiana. I mean...
1: It's funny that you called them the catacombs, because catacombs are where we bury the dead, but dead are buried in this planet on the surface and these are like the utility hallways where all of the like power and stuff comes from Mm. it's just it's like an inversion
0: yes so they hear chiana wailing and we see her upside down and
1: and like those those stones that, like, swing at you, like in Galaxy Quest, and also every science fiction show. That was a poorly
0: written episode!
1: (laughs) She's hanging upside down, and, like, the rocks are swinging back and forth, and John's like, ah, I have to rescue her! And he goes to rescue her, and she's like, it's a game, John! I was in control, and I was gonna beat the record, so go away!
0: Yes, and we start the conversation we're gonna be having for the rest of the episode. Which wasn't a big deal when we were watching it, but it, it it's very repetitive. John's like, you need to come back to the ship. We're your family and we love you. And she's like, no, I can't tell you why, but I need to be here with these punk people doing mushrooms because I'm sad for a secret reason. And John's like, is it a secret reason that has to do with your dead person, Beeper? And she's like, oh, 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 John.
1: Also, she's mad at John for ignoring her back on the ship, and that is- Which fair. Yeah, totally valid. Uh, so she runs off, and the rest of the punk kids are like, Hey, you, John, and Aaron, y'all are super old. Look how old you are with your crow's feet and your liver spots and your one gray hair.
0: Yeah, it doesn't help that these kids are like- Uh, Dawson's Creek kids, Beverly Hills 90210 kids.
1: Yeah, they all look the same age. They really do.
0: Yeah. Like, the guys, the main guy goes up to John. He's like, look at how old you are, old man. How's it feel being so old? And he looks basically the same, if not slightly older than John. It's like I've been going through uh, Silver Age Legion of Superheroes on Twitter. Just, you know. Sure, sure. And there's a lot of stuff with, you know, they're all, they're all teenagers but they all look like they're in their 30s or 40s which to be fair is what teenagers look like in the 50s i've seen you know i was a teenage caveman or or dobie gillis i mean maybe it was just because they had actors who were you know stalker channing was like 70 when she played rizzo in greece
1: i mean she pulled it off though because she's amazing.
0: She is amazing. I will hear
1: nothing against Stalker Channing.
0: No, she's amazing. She's but she awesome.
1: was a full-ass adult when they filmed Grease.
0: Sorry, I always just go to the American Dad joke about her. You knew Stalker Channing when she was in her 40s? No, I knew Stalker Channing in the 40s. She was 50. She's I amazing. Th- I won't say anything bad about her. She, she was um, Barbara Gordon in Batman Beyond. I knew that. The one continuity where she's not Oracle. I mean... Yeah, yeah, basically the one future continuity where she's not Oracle, except not anymore because, you know, they made her bad girl again, and I don't want to get into old things. Yeah, let's not get
1: into that. I was actually thinking about Wet Hot American Summer. The, uh...
0: The the, the TV show?
1: Yeah, the first day of camp TV show that they did on Netflix, where Elizabeth Banks puts like a little barrette in her hair, and everybody's like, oh my god, you look 14! (laughs) Because she's going to go undercover at the camp. Also, they shot that show ten years later and had everyone play themselves and did not explain or apologize. And that is the way to do it. Do not explain or apologize. Just cast who you want to cast.
0: There's no reason. I mean, maybe don't have so many shows take place in high school, but there's no reason to cast actual high schoolers, which everyone's figured out by now. Everyone in Riverdale is like 30. Yeah, right. And it has been for the, you know since the beginning of time. I saw this thing where they somebody found pictures of Jennifer Lawrence and um Josh Hutcherson at the ages their characters were oh, in the yeah. books and they're like, you know, see this is what the Hunger Games should look like, you know. The, yeah, I mean, but it's a mo- you don't actually want kid actors. Right? I mean, the the, the actor who played Rue was good. So it's not like something you always have to worry about. And there are lots of really good kid actors like Um, the kids in Stranger Things, who, no, yeah. God, Finn Wolfhard got cast in so much stuff out of that.
1: Well, I think that's because there's not actually a huge amount of really good kid actors, so, Mm. if you find one.
0: Which, there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be kid actors, because, did you see how creepy the internet got at Finn Wolfhard? Which, just because he's a dude doesn't mean you can get creepy at a kid.
1: And let alone how creepy they got at, uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Oh. The girl from Stranger Things.
0: Oh, yeah, seriously. Also, on a slightly different tack, how awful uh, people were to the girl who played Tony Stark's daughter in Endgame. Like, she, there there was a thing where...
1: That's not even a thing that I think of as a part. She had, like, three lines. She was just... She was just a chap. What?
0: Yeah, she, uh, there, she was at, like, a premiere or an event or something, and some guy was trying to talk to her, and she wouldn't talk to him because, you know, she's, like...
1: A child?
0: A literal child. And then people were, like, calling her, you know, oh, she's a snob, she's a brat, Tony Stark doesn't deserve a daughter this... Like, they were saying all these awful things about this child who didn't want to talk to a stranger. And it's like...
1: Child stardom's weird, y'all. Taking the stone.
0: So... Aaron's like, hey, John, it really seems like Chiana doesn't want us to be here. So why don't we just, you know, leave? And by us, I mean you. I don't care what happens.
1: John's like, okay, but she's mad at me. So you need to go try to convince her and be a dick to her. So he gives Aaron the disc and he's like, you go talk to her about it since she's mad at me.
0: Yeah, you want to you want someone to go talk to someone else about emotions. You send Aaron.
1: You know, this is actually, and and somebody pointed this out on Twitter, this is actually a big growth episode for Erin in that she is able to have that emotional talk and honestly come to a position that is better than John's, which is, you know.
0: Let's leave.
1: Make your choices and I respect that. That is her position.
0: So back on the ship, Dargo is yelling at, uh, Brigel for taking stuff from dead people. Yeah. And, uh... Rigel brings up the salient point, they're dead, it doesn't freaking matter, and Dargo, I do want to point out, someone uh, talked about how last, last uh, on the last episode of our podcast we talked about um, Dargo's people not really being into magic because of something Dargo said earlier, and that, you know, we shouldn't assume that just because Dargo has these feelings it applies to everyone from his planet, which is fair. Sure. It's fair, and, uh, I mean, I feel, I felt justified in it because it's kind of a sci-fi trope, but it it just made me think about, uh, did you read My Teacher is an Alien, that series?
1: Yes, yes I did.
0: I think it's from this series, I think it's from that series, it's just a, the last book in that series when the kids are, like...
1: My Teacher Flunked the Planet?
0: Yeah. When the kids are, like, hanging out with the alien teacher and, like, he has them on the space, on their, like, space UN spaceship... And they're like hanging out in his room and it's all swamp like. And he was like, well, it reminds me of home. And one of the kids is like, Are you from a swamp planet? And he's like, No, my planet has a bunch of very different biomes. I happen to live near a swamp. <laughs> Do you live on a swamp planet?
1: Well, I mean, that is that is the that is the sci-fi trope, right? The single biome for, for a planet.
0: Hoth. Yes. Looking at you.
1: <laughs> well, I mean so Hoff, yeah, but they're all like that. Yeah, <laughs> and not just in Star Wars; they're all like that.
0: You know, Futurama, it's the oh, are are, are there infinite numbers of uh, mirror universes? No, just this one in the Cowboy Universe. <laughs> Until they accidentally create all the parallel universes in the box episode.
1: Yes. So Rigel pulls out a death mask and listen. Rigel, no.
0: I mean, no. I feel like the his whole, oh, ghosts aren't real, there's no such thing as ghosts thing, doesn't work in a universe where there's, like, explicitly magic.
1: Well, I feel like, oh, it's just things, people aren't using them anymore, is really, uh, really strained when you steal a death mask with a head underneath it. And then he he pulls away the death mask because it's shiny and there's a worm underneath. There's at- a
0: worm inside the skull that's there, having I guess eaten the flesh off of this person's face.
1: Probably the brains.
0: Yeah, and Rigel's like score bonus, and he snurfs down the worm.
1: Yeah, it's supposed to, it's a it's a subversion, right? You would think Rigel would be like, "Oh, worm," but no, he just he just eats it. I'm just saying even if you didn't believe that stealing things from the dead would cause you to be cursed, I feel like Rigel's just pushing it. So, back on the cemetery planet, Aaron decides to uh, have that conversation with Gianna about the, uh, the disc.
0: Gianna's hair is all dyed red and twisted up, just so that we... I guess it's not just so that we know, but it, it, it does establish that this isn't just, like, what these people's hair looks like.
1: Oh, yeah, that makes... Yes, that's true.
0: Because they could be aliens with stupid looking hair like everyone who's not Xan. They
1: have the Delphians, yeah.
0: yeah. Seriously, they should have all just been bald. It looks so much better than the... Yeah. But again, one person doesn't represent an entire species. I get it.
1: So, uh, Chiana is kind of in hysterics about her brother being dead. She's like, yeah, heart stop beating. He's dead. And she just wants to stay here with these people because they are uh, adrenaline junkies. Mm. Like, they're thrill seekers. They they just hang out all day and they drink and they do drugs and they hang upside down in those block swingy, swingy things. things. And then they do something else called The Gathering. Uh-oh.
0: Eh, that's not ominous or anything. <laughs> right. And- and Aaron's like, look, I don't want to talk to you. I don't care what happens. I'm literally just here so I can tell John I tried. Yeah. And and Shanna's like, the gathering. And Aaron's like. Ugh.
1: Aaron's like, I guess that's what we're doing. I guess I'm going to the gathering.
0: Meanwhile, John's about to get peer pressured into trying drugs. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's trying to introduce himself to, like, one of the head guys, I guess. And the guy's like, yeah, look, I don't want to talk to you, old man. And he's like, oh, you're going to talk to me because you've got my friend captive. And the guy's like, no, no, she's, she's, no.
1: He can't talk anyway. It's time for the gathering.
0: (laughs) This is just a Children of the Corn riff.
1: It's actually, it's much more, I think it's much more Logan's run. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Logan's run, the movie.
0: Has nothing to do with Wolverine.
1: That's true. It's true.
0: You think he'd be really bad at running, what with the metal bones and all. Also swimming. He has to sink like a rock.
1: Well, it's like a, adamantium is like magic metal though, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's. Lighter than you would think a metal skeleton would be, but it's still heavy-ish. Like he weighs more than a five foot three man should because of his metal skeleton. Because uh, X twenty uh-huh. three, uh Her skeleton is made out of an the a- real Wolverine. The real Wolverine, yes. Uh, her skeleton's made out of an adamantium blend, which isn't quite as strong, but it's lighter. Okay. Which is why she can do more acrobatic stuff than. Logan, and not just because she's oh, you know, girl, but I mean it's 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 because she's a girl. But <laughs> also she has those nifty feet claws.
1: I didn't know she had feet claws.
0: Yeah. There's a this great bit after she becomes Wolverine where uh someone like has her hands and they're like, oh, what are you going to do now? And she just foot-claws him.
1: So she does the trick, right? She, She does the trick where when somebody grabs you from behind and you, like, kick up on their face, but when she does it, she's got claws on her feet? Yeah. I didn't know she had claws on her feet.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, she's, uh, she has the same number as Logan. It's just, she has...
1: It's just that she spread them out. Yeah. Smart. Smart.
0: Two on each hand and one on each foot.
1: Nice. Nice. Anyway, in Logan's run, after a certain age, you, you get killed because... No one after. I think it's 25 in Logan's Mm. run in the movie. In the book, it's like 18. Yeah. Anyway, so.
0: Same way MTV does their VJs. That was a joke. MTV hasn't had VJs in like 40 years.
1: Also, Kurt Loader was like 70.
0: Female VJs, I
1: should say. Oh, well.
0: Didn't they have What's-Her-Face like thrown into a volcano or something? Kennedy? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Just.
1: Uh we're showing our age we're gonna have to we're gonna have to be killed by the wh- yeah, whoever the enforcers in Logan's run are.
0: yeah, Kennedy, I'm sure some of our listeners were not born when Kennedy was thrown into that volcano.
1: Oh my God, you're probably right. Oh, anyway, in Logan's run, you go to carousel and you jump into this like swirling pit to try to get revitalized, but really it just kills you. so uh let's talk about what's gonna happen now on this show.
0: Okay, so all the punk people are standing at the edge of this very cool-looking pit. Like, again, the sets in this episode are amazing.
1: Yeah, it's really well done.
0: And there's all lightning and stuff, and everyone's, you know, chanting and, you know, dancing. And a baby has been born. And the baby's all, like, looking at everyone. It's It's a really cute baby. It is a cute baby. I, I can't tell if it just naturally has, like, very dilated eyes, or if they did, like, an effect to make its eyes look darker?
1: I do not know either.
0: <laughs> but a baby has been born, so it's time for some people to jump into a pit.
1: Yeah, yeah, basically. So, uh, this is what I was talking about. There's a lot of build-up to jumping into the pit.
0: Yeah. So, two guys jump,
1: mm-hmm. and they they hum as they go down. It's like, ah, oh. That was really a That wasn't a hum, but yeah, they, they, they hum as they go down. And when they reach the bottom of the pit, they bounce and do not die. Woo. Yes. Not dying. Yes. Aaron reveals to us, the watcher and to John, who has no idea what's going on, that what is down there at the bottom of the pit is a sonic net. So when they hum at the correct frequency, they, uh, they bounce instead of dying, mm. and I mean, I am not an adrenaline thrill seeker. I mean, I, I like roller coasters and stuff. I I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't bungee jump. Maybe maybe when I was younger, mm. but uh, I don't know. Seems like a really cool thing to me.
0: Do you want to do uh, that fan thing?
1: Oh, I do, I would love to do that fan thing where you wear like the big wings and you go on top of the fan and it like blows you into the air.
0: Yeah, there's one of them in Beaverton. I used to drive by it all the time.
1: Well, you know, like.
0: I know, you don't want to go to Beaverton.
1: Oh, I meant there's a pandemic.
0: Also that. Yeah, you probably don't want a fan blowing directly into your face that other <laughs> people have been jumping onto.
1: Oh my gosh. Anyway, the uh, the guy that John was trying to talk to jumps into the pit and he does not hum and he...
0: Well, he hums wrong.
1: Yes, he he takes the stone, as they say. Wah! Yes, he takes the stone.
0: He and, goes lisplat.
1: And Chiana's response is, oh my god, I have to try this. I feel like, I know what they're trying to give us, but I feel like, oh my god, I have to try this should have come between the guys who lived and the guy who died. But no, I guess, no, I guess this makes more sense.
0: Yes, because now
1: because-
0: she's like uh, Mel Gibson in that movie where there's a bomb on the toilet. Lethal weapon. She's
1: got a death wish.
0: Yeah. Or like all of the challengers of the unknown, which I did not know that was the core concept behind the challengers of the unknown.
1: It was that they all had death wishes.
0: Yeah. It's this group of random guys who were in a plane crash, but they all lived and they decide that since they all survived this plane crash, they're all living on borrowed time. So they're going to spend it having bizarre adventures.
1: Oh, okay.
0: It's one of DC's, completely not beloved properties that they keep bringing back for some reason. Gotcha. gotcha. It's a, Although probably not anymore now that DC is only making comics that can be profitable to other branches of WB, so it's almost all bad books. Mm. Which...
1: What a shame.
0: And I get what he was trying to do, like Jim Lee's, I think, president now, Mm -hmm. And he he was trying to comfort comic fans because, you know, they canceled basically every non-Bat, non-Super book. Like, I think Wonder Woman might still have her book and maybe Green Lantern, but like a lot of books got the axe. And he's like, look, DC is going to keep making comics as long as tv shows and movies need source material which did not comfort anyone no
1: because they're they're different like they they're different mediums you get different things out of them although i will i will defend dc and say they still have black label and they're still putting out interesting things there
0: yeah i mean honestly they've kind of pivoted into doing these really interesting one-shot ya books
1: mm-hmm.
0: which uh right i'm I'm getting the uh, Cascade Batgirl one for Sam.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) I don't know. It's... uh, I forget what we were talking about that pivoted into this.
1: So the woman who I I think was the partner of the guy who just took the stone, she is...
0: With child.
1: She's with child, with her translucent belly. Hmm. And she is sitting with Chiana and doing what I thought was ceremonial every time I've watched this episode until this very moment when I realized she's teaching her how to do the humming thing. Uh. I've always assumed that they were doing like a ceremonial thing to prepare her to jump, but she's teaching her the hum. Mm.
0: So basically, if you don't have really good pitch, you're just going to die.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's the final round of American Idol.
0: (sighs) Uh, I would not do well there.
1: No, me either.
0: Well, I don't know. If if you just have to hold one note, if you can get to that note.
1: I mean, if someone can, like, blow a pitch pipe for me beforehand and I just have to hold one note? Mm. Yeah, okay.
0: So John and Aaron are having an argument over whether or not Chiana's actually going to do it. And John's like, she won't. She values her life too much. She knows how much she means to us and to everyone. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. Life is precious and all that jazz. And Aaron's like, "Eh, okay, whatever. And she just kind of walks off. Aaron, John is having an argument with Aaron. Aaron is not having an argument with John.
1: That, oh, so accurate. So now here's like the key point where the body of the guy who died is being prepared, and Shiana and the head of these punk kids, Molnar, is talking to her. And she's like, How come you're not sad that your best friend just like Ate done? it? Yeah. And he talks about how, you know, Death comes for us all. It's not a sad thing. It's just what happens. And this is what Chiana needed to hear because she's so in her grief.
0: Yeah. He's like, look, we worship life here. We're, we are surrounded by death. We're on a graveyard planet and death is a part of life. And there's not a reason to be sad. Being sad is for you, not for them. Like we, we, we're all about life here. So, you know. Yay, life! And she's like, "Let's bone."
1: Uh, to be fair, he's the one who's like, "Let's bone," as all leaders, as all charismatic leaders, eventually say to the female, the attractive female followers.
0: Meanwhile, back on the ship, Zan is premeditating. She's praying. She's meditating. She's oh, casting thought, a spell. I
1: thought you were. I thought you were saying she was like meditating before, like she was premeditating.
0: No. Yes, this is. Pre- this is premeditated. Uh, no, no, she she's doing prayer uh, meditation. She's removing magic. the
1: curse. She's she's
0: t- she's trying to remove the curse. She tells Rigel, "Look, you took a bunch of stuff from the graveyard planet. It's all probably cursed as balls. And I'm gonna do my best to remove all the curses." And Rigel's like, "What do you care? I'm gonna be the one who's cursed." And she's like, "Yeah, well, if." Space God throws a lightning bolt at you, we're all going to die because you're inside Moya.
1: That's true. That's true. (laughs) Ugh. Then, back on the planet, John gets all preachy with the pregnant woman. He's like, should you be drinking? John, you don't know what her alien physiology is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you're trying to stop her from drinking? For all you know, this is a necessary thing for her embryo. Like...
1: (laughs) Maybe you should mind your own business.
0: Which she's like, I'm doing as we all do. This is how our society works, You bag of dicks.
1: Yup, yup.
0: John's like, I'm going to go yell at some more pregnant ladies.
1: Uh, well, right now he's going to go back and yell at Shiana some more. She's
0: She could be pregnant. She just had sex with a cult leader.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyway, she's at those hanging stone things practicing the the noise. And John's like, hey, can we talk? And she's like, um, remember when I wanted to talk? And you were like, oh, I'm so busy doing my science thing.
0: So go away. To quote you, go away.
1: She tells him, she's like, I'm not your kid. Stop acting like you're my dad. I'm going to live here now. And do this.
0: And John's like, you realize this is a planet of immature drug-using losers. I'm sorry, did did John come from Reagan's America?
1: John is, I was gonna say, John right now is like the epitome of threatening me with a good time. He's like, Chiana, all these people do is party and take weird adrenaline risks and just drink and get high and have sex and do whatever feels good is that the life you want to live
0: not not making the argument you think you are john
1: uh, it's like have you just met her cuz the thing about chiana i you know we haven't really said it out loud even though i feel like we're kind of hinting around it mm. but Chiana is supposed to seem a lot younger than the rest of the crew. So, well, not Dargo, because Dargo is also an adolescent,
0: remember? Mm. I mean, she's supposed to. She doesn't, necessarily. I mean,
1: I feel like this is one of the few episodes where it really comes out where Chiana is younger than everyone else, but younger in like the, you know, 23 to a 28 year old, you know? Mm. But yeah, Chiana does just want to party with these people. Maybe he should respect her grieving process.
0: Yeah, she's like, "Look, I don't have an insane military commander chasing after me, and like, no offense, but there's not particularly a reason for me to stay on the ship. Like, I
1: why would she like, stay, stay like- on the ship? No, this is this is another thing. Uh, Dargo and Zan and John want to get home." Aaron has nowhere to go, but she's connected to John. Chiana can't go home either, but she doesn't have that connection to John that Aaron has. So she's found a group she fits in with.
0: Yeah. And John turns to Aaron. He's like, back me up here, Aaron. And Aaron's like, why do you think I'm going to be on your side? You've been paying attention, right? Like, if Chiana wants to stay here, you let Stark go off and do whatever he wants.
1: Yeah, nobody's even talked about where Stark is. Yeah. The show has not told us what happened to Stark. That is so weird. Like, I know what happened to him, so I didn't really think about it, but the show just
0: dropped him. Although, since apparently Moy is super big, he could just be in the parts that no one ever seems to visit for whatever reason. So, Aaron turns to Chiana and she's like, so, are you actually going to jump? And Chiana's like, yeah, probably. And Aaron's like, eh. <laughs>
1: Okay, cool. Cool, cool.
0: Meanwhile, Hope John- you don't die. <laughs> Yes, meanwhile John's going to go yell at a teenager.
1: Well, not a teenager cuz she's like I'm so old.
0: I'm the I'm the What's the line from 30 Rock again? Like
1: she's like I I am 40 years old. It is time for me to die of old age. <laughs> Except this girl's like 28. I'm 28. I've seen so many things.
0: Yeah. See, I, I, I was going for the 30 Rock Jenna uh, Jenna dying right. speech, but I was actually thinking of uh, the uh, Rick and Steve, the happiest gay couple, uh, that TV show, uh-huh. the episode where they go to San Francisco. I'm the oldest gay man on earth. I'm 34.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know what? I said 28. She's 22. So, that means everyone we've seen on this planet is younger than 22.
0: Okay. I mean, I know they're aliens, and they're dying of radiation poisoning, so maybe that makes you older looking, but... Yeah. Okay.
1: Anyway, I was gonna say she's dying of what is clearly, and then we will find out later, radiation poisoning.
0: Hmm. Like, because John's like, I can't believe everyone in your society just dies from jumping off a rock and not whistling correctly. And she's like, no, no, there's, there's... more to that. And she sheds on him and then leaves. Yeah. And he's like, hmm, this seems like something I should stick my nose in.
1: And basically the deal on this planet is they they take all of these risks because it's better, they feel, to die before the radiation sickness gets them. So,
0: hmm. so he tries talking to Lederar, the leader guy.
1: Molnar. Yeah.
0: Okay. What's so it what with the show and M names I mean, I guess, what is it with Earth and M names? Because wasn't the lady last week an M name?
1: Yes, she was. And... And I, Emily.
0: Yeah, I, and, I, and the Bone Vampire. Yeah. Maybe it's not that many, but it seems like a lot. So, John's yelling at him because something's going on and he doesn't trust it. And he wants to know the truth about this planet. And the guy's like, hey, you take one of these hallucinogenic mushrooms. I'll tell you the truth. But... A heads up. There are four dealies on them. Take one. Three will get you high, but one will kill you.
1: This guy's been eating these mushrooms all episode. Just statistically speaking, how is he so old?
0: I think that maybe it's BS.
1: Oh, yeah. It never even occurred to me there might be BS. Oh, well. Maybe it is. Anyway... Ben Browder hasn't had a chance to act high for, like, four whole
0: episodes. So, he takes a bite of the hallucinogen and then he's like, I'm Ben Browder acting.
1: Yeah. Anyway, Molnar says that he is afraid to take the stone because he's afraid that he's not going to be able to do it this time. So he's going to sub Chiana in for him instead because she wants to, and then he doesn't have to. And this is like a big reveal,
0: but... That you have to take the stone, That's not just a voluntary thing?
1: Yeah, I guess, but...
0: They didn't really do a good job of establishing that this was a mandatory thing.
1: But also, like, he... The big secret is that he's going to have chiana do it instead of him but chiana wants to do it like i i don't i don't find this argument against chiana doing it compelling Mm. that's what i'm trying to say
0: so Aaron finds john who's you know had a bad trip and fallen on the floor
1: uh nice (laughs) yeah
0: So she's like, John, for crying out loud! I left you alone for ten seconds, and he's like, uh, I had a, I he's... had a drug off with Molnar.
1: Yeah, he's like, you left me alone for ten seconds on an alien planet full of drugs. You think I wasn't gonna get high?
0: But uh, he talks about how he's he's like, I thought I could convince him to convince Chiana not to take the jump, but he he needs her to take the jump because otherwise he'll jump and he'll die, and it's human sacrifice. Human sacrifice, Aaron! And Aaron's like, I mean, it's not. You're the only human in, like, the universe.
1: He also gives Aaron the bit of the skin sample, and he's like, can you get this up to Zan and have her see what's causing everyone to die?
0: I wonder what's causing everyone to die on a planet covered with dead people. I mean, I know it's not that it's radiation, but it's, as you mentioned earlier, it's not healthy to be around dead people. Right?
1: Anyway... Aaron leaves, and John takes what, I guess, the, the peacekeeper equivalent of aspirin. They're, they're inside Aaron's first aid kit, so it's the peacekeeper equivalent of, like, aspirin.
0: Hmm. It se- I mean, I guess they're close enough, but it seems dangerous to take alien medication.
1: Well, I, I, think, they've, I think they've probably experimented with this before. Hmm. So, Chiana says that she chatted with Mulnan, and he told her everything, and he's like, great, let's go, and she's like, no, I want to jump. Remember the whole thing about how I want to jump?
0: Like, literally nothing has changed, except I guess I'm taking a guy's place now instead of just jumping for funsies. It doesn't really change anything. And, like, John's like, I know that you like Leader Guy, but he's using you. He only wants you to take the jump so he won't have to. And Chiana's like, So? I wanted to jump, and this opportunity just came up. Like, came down yes because it's jumping (laughs) yeah yes but you know i'm I'm gonna jump because it's you know what i want to do and he's like yeah but the thing is you don't really get a choice here
1: okay i mean he tells her that she doesn't want to die like he doesn't want her to want to die and then he drugs her he, well, I mean, I'd say drugs her. He- cases. Sorry, the planet is filled with drugs, so I need to be more specific. He shoots her up with a syringe from Aaron's drug kit to knock her unconscious so he can drag her back to Moya. John, not cool. Not cool.
0: Because he's like, I'm not going to let you kill yourself. And she's like, that's not really the situation. And he's like, drugs!
1: Yeah. Aaron's like, what are you doing? And John's like, this is exactly what it looks like.
0: <laughs> He's like, she wanted to kill herself. So I knocked her out and I'm dragging her back to the ship. And Aaron's like, for crying out loud, John, really? Really? You're, you're making me be moral high ground person. You know how much I don't like being moral high ground person.
1: John is like. You're the one who just bulldozes through everything and just uses force. Why can't you do that now? And Aaron, very smartly, says, you know, Shiana needs to be allowed to work through her grief her own way. And John realizes that when even Aaron thinks you've gone overboard...
0: You've gone overboard.
1: You've gone overboard, so he... He puts Chiana back on the bed and stops trying to kidnap her back to Moya.
0: He throws her on the ground and he's like, fine.
1: He sets her gently on her bunk. I mean, I will call out John for being an asshole, but he sets her gently on her bunk.
0: He goes full Andy Samberg in that one music video. Which one? I threw it on the ground.
1: Oh, oh. Aaron reveals that uh, Zan scanned the tissue and it's radiation poisoning. Radiation. This was killing everybody.
0: Oh, my God. Like, okay. does it matter?
1: Back on the ship, Rigel has decorated his room with all of the the stuff he stole from the graves. And then it, like, goes Evil Dead 2.
0: Yeah, it's all shaking and flying all over the place. And I'm like, is Anne high enough priest-wise to have telekinesis yet? Because this would be a good thing for her to be screwing with him.
1: I do think that... This is Zan moving it telekinetically. He looks at the death mask, which is the only thing that didn't fly off the wall, and he thinks that's what's doing it. But, uh, no, I think it's Zan. I think it's pretty clearly Zan.
0: So she she does have telekinesis at this point, then.
1: It's fuzzy.
0: I mean, all, like all of her powers. What can Zan do?
1: Why did Chiana and Dargo have a telepathic link last episode? Who knows?
0: Huh? <laughs> so... John's having a conversation with Dargo about the radiation and they're also talking with the guy and...
1: Okay, so here's the deal. The cliff that you jump off of, it amplifies the radiation, so I guess they could live in the catacombs fine as long as they stop trying to take the stone. And the guy who died trying to take the stone apparently had figured that out. So now John thinks this was a conspiracy to kill him so that he wouldn't tell them to stop jumping off of the cliff.
0: What? What?
1: I mean, that could very well be a plot. Like, that's a plot. That makes sense as a plot.
0: So the radiation would be fine if they weren't jumping off a cliff all the time?
1: Yes. Yes, that is correct. Uh, yeah anyway the pregnant girl's going into labor and she's like uh don't come near me aaron because we go into labor by ourselves that's our deal and i uh i just want to let you all know that when we find out how peacekeepers give birth they are way more blase about it than aaron's acting like they are peacekeepers like don't even stop fighting to give birth it's just like and now there's another soldier
0: you fall out. They hand you a one of those dumb sword guns. I know that's a Dargo thing. That's a Dargo thing. They I'm hand sure you a the pulse pe- pistol. Yeah, yeah. So John refuses to respect this woman's wishes because that's just his jam. This episode.
1: She she reveals though, as she's as she's in labor, she reveals that it's true. Das, that's her partner, did know that. The stone was the issue, but he chose to die because now he'll live forever because that's what their religion tells you. Much, much like Logan's run. I mean, honestly, this is really, really explicitly Logan's run. Hmm. Anyway, back in the chamber.
0: John's going to have a really dramatic speech because Chiana and some dude are getting ready to, uh, you know, do the jump. And John's like, no, wait, I have a... Big dramatic end of uh, season speech to speechify at all of you.
1: End of episode. Yes. When You know, when I talk about this, I always refer to the jumping as taking the stone, but taking the stone is just what you do when you jump wrong. Mm. I guess there's not a name for doing it right.
0: It's a leap of faith.
1: It's a leap into faith. Anyway, John is like, hey, how about if you, um, stop what you're doing? Like, stop jumping in here and go to the surface and live to be old like we are? Be old like us?
0: Don't you want to be old like me? Me? Ben Browder? 40 years ago?
1: And Shiana's like, oh my god, guys, can't you just let me live my life? (laughs)
0: Leave me alone, space dad.
1: (laughs) Honestly, I kind of really love, but for as much of a dick as he's being, I love the way John and Aaron are like Chiana's space parents in this episode.
0: So John runs over to Molnon and he's like, you're gonna die, die, you're all gonna die, you're all gonna die, die. And Molnon's like, yeah?
1: He, he also, he insists that Molnon let the rest of the people vote about whether they're gonna keep doing this jumping thing or move up to the surface.
0: And everyone's like, jumping? Duh. And John's like, but but I gave a speech. I gave a speech. It's supposed to convince you all that, you know, I, the white man, am right about everything and that you should change your ways. I, To quote a latter but still like 20 years ago episode of The Simpsons, we've ridiculed away most of their native beliefs.
1: Oof. Oof.
0: Well, it's from an episode that has aged so poorly, the one where Homer becomes a missionary. I'm fairly Mm. certain it's called Missionary Impossible. Oof. But it's aged real bad, as uh, according to Talking Simpsons, as one of the uh, writers said on the uh, commentary track, we did not win any sensitivity awards for this one.
1: Anyway, back on the ship. The things keep attacking Rigel until finally he's like, all right, I'll bring him back down to the planet. And that's the end of Rigel's plot.
0: Subplot resolved.
1: Uh, so, John is, uh...
0: John's mad at leader guy because everyone voted to, uh, stay, and he's like, they didn't believe that the radiation was killing them, and the guy's like, yeah, they, everyone, you're... Oh, I'm sorry. Did you think we don't know what the situation is, guy who's been here for, like, five minutes? We live here. Duh! Yeah. Oh my god, hmm. Why would a death cult live on a cemetery planet full of radiation? That's a real thinker.
1: I mean, John really is trying to, like, human-splain everything to them, and they're like, Yeah, human, we know. We get it. We're not dumb.
0: We live here.
1: Uh anyway, Chiana is now alone in the chamber, still thinking about jumping. I I I guess everybody left when they voted, even though it seemed like the jump was about to happen. But I guess this particular jump was canceled.
0: Yeah, some some human dude just killed the mood, so
1: Yeah, no, John was like the worst guy at an orgy. Killed the mood. Killed the mood. Anyway, Chiana still wants to jump, though, because it looks like fun. And also she wants to feel something. And she wants to feel brave. She talks about how her brother was the one who was brave and she was the one who followed. And now she needs to be Pam on beach day walking across the the coal walk.
0: You know, she's uh, every single night the same arrangement. She goes out and fights the fight. Still, she always feels this strange estrangement. Nothing here is real. Nothing here is right.
1: So, uh, I really like this subversion. Like, John tries so hard to talk her out of it, this whole episode, and the episode ends with Chiana jumping off of the cliff and living. Because she gets to decide how she heals, and this is how she decides to heal, and she does it right, and she lives... And John can suck it. She knows what kind of self-care she needs.
0: You know, I actually like this episode a lot more than I thought, you know, initially. I Because the episode, like, refuses to let
1: John be the white savior he wants to be?
0: Yeah, like, I, I before, like, when when we first watched it, I mostly focused on sort of the repetitive nature of all of the conversations. And, you know, again, the show would really benefit from only going for as long as it, you know, Mm -hmm. has plot. But honestly, there's not that much you could... Obviously, you'd cut out the Rigel subplot, which really, really feels only there because they were running short on time.
1: I feel like it was there because they needed to... um,
0: Break up the action.
1: They needed to break up the action and they needed to give the rest of the cast something to be doing.
0: Yeah. God, Darko is barely in this. But, uh... Yeah, no, I actually really like this episode a lot more on, uh, on rewatch. Um, I should, uh, let everyone know that the episode does not end as it should with, uh, Chiana taking the leap and surviving, but instead, you know, John having a debriefing conversation with Aaron, because that's basically how every episode ends.
1: Well, Chiana has to bury the little disc here on the planet,
0: Mm.
1: which is nice and symbolic. But also, and this is important. But there's no way for you to know that. Mm. John has to tell Aaron that lately he's been feeling off. Something does not feel right.
0: Hmm. hmm. Well, he he did do an evil costume change, so.
1: Yeah, he's wearing the he's wearing the peacekeeper coat in this. Anyway, he goes to where Chiana is has has buried the uh, the disc, her brother's disc, and like puts his hand on her hand and they have like a moment where she's like, yeah, I guess you are my space dad, space daddy, my leather space daddy. I don't know why I made that. So I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I went there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone.
0: It's okay. I mean, one of the reasons I don't think of Chiana as being one of the younger characters, which she's apparently supposed to be is because she kind of seems to go to Let's doink as the way for her to get out of every situation.
1: That's her thing.
0: Yeah, she... Wow, a- another another female alien who really likes sex. What a fresh new concept. Xan's just, you know, over there like, fine, fine.
1: Yeah, Zan's like, I used to be the alien in full body paint who used sex to solve everything.
0: Okay, you want to be the one who has to have, you know has to wake up at four in the morning so they can put fake skin over your breasts so you can expose yourself to a teenage warrior alien. Have at.
1: I Yeah. What yeah. episode
0: was that again that was... Uh...
1: Thrown for a loss.
0: Oh, yeah. Not great.
1: So, yeah. John and Chiana bonding. That's, that's where we leave it off this episode. I'm glad that talking through it you came around on this episode.
0: Yeah, I liked it a lot more... You know, going over it, which is very rare. Well, going... Normally going over it does not do an episode any favors.
1: Going over it kind of revealed, you know, as we were discussing it, the thing I love most about Farscape, which is when it has a typical science fiction plot and then refuses to give it the typical science fiction resolution.
0: Yeah. Your religion is stupid. You should change your beliefs.
1: There's a very... It's
0: the plot of Andromeda.
1: Yeah, yeah, except he's not Kevin Sorbo here. Or, I mean, he is, but it's like the plot of Andromeda if Kevin Sorbo lost. And who doesn't want that? God,
0: I, seriously. Uh, oh, oh, did did we finish the first season of that? I, I wanted him to get killed at so many different points. Ugh. He's so awful to everyone. And, I'm like, how is this a main character people are supposed to like?
1: I don't know. I don't like him. I, I don't know what to tell you about that.
0: But I believe that'll take us to our segments.
1: Yes. Yeah, so our first segment is a distant part of the universe. What world building worked for you?
0: Okay. This, again, this is going to kind of merge with the second uh, thing, strange alien creatures. Uh huh. And yet it kind of applies to neither one of them. I love the set design in this episode. You get the sense of this alien world and like, The culture that would have evolved out of it. Mm -hmm. Like, you can see how this religion would have come from living in this place.
1: And it's, you're right, it's really well done. It's also so efficient. There's only like four sets, and that includes the matte painting. Mm -hmm. And yet it feels vast.
0: So that kind of covers me for both segments.
1: Okay, well, for me, it's. It's a super specific thing, but I just love the net. The sonic net that you have to hum the right frequency. Yeah. That is a thing to come up with. I love it. And for my strange alien creatures, this really doesn't count, but we have to talk about it somewhere.
0: Is it Virginia Hayes turtleneck thing?
1: No. Okay. I wanted to
0: bring that up, but I forgot to when we were talking about her. I
1: mean, we may as well mention that. As uh, people may or may not be aware... Virginia Hay eventually had to leave the show because the makeup was so bad for her system. It was not, it was not good. And in this episode, and last week's episode as well, she's obviously wearing a blue turtleneck so that they didn't have to apply as much makeup to her.
0: It's very, uh, light first class mystique. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's Jennifer Lawrence not wanting to be mystique anymore. It's that kind of...
1: Well, I mean, they were just trying to protect her system.
0: Yeah. So it's different because Jennifer Lawrence could just not have been Mystique anymore. No, I I don't think people were going to those movies for her.
1: No, my my strange alien creatures was really the uh, clothing choices for this planet. Hmm. Because basically everyone dresses like Gabriella from Xena and I love it. Yeah. And then our final segment is looking for a way home. What emotionally resonated with you this episode?
0: Okay, I wouldn't say it necessarily emotionally resonated with me, but I did really like, after John gives his big dramatic speech, when he goes up to the leader and he's like, so how'd the vote go? And the leader's like, we all knew what the deal was. Like, it didn't like emotionally get me, get me, but I did like how kind of it undercut John's whole thing where he assumes he can just come into this situation and, You know, just I really love that subversion.
1: So that's funny because mine is also not something that got me, but enjoying John being undercut, which is when he knocks out Chiana and Aaron is calls him out and says, "You know, no, you have to let her grieve in her own way, and what you're doing right now is bullshit." So I guess that's it.
0: Yeah. Believe that will do it for this week.
1: So our next episode is going to be episode four of season two. Crackers don't matter.
0: No, oh, we've been building up to this for a while.
1: I'm, I hope I haven't oversold it. I just really enjoy this episode. <laughs> Here's the plot description: When a strange alien is brought aboard Moya, the crew becomes deranged and destructive.
0: So that's like every third episode of *Farscape*.
1: I. It's a. Yeah, I haven't played the game Among Us, but based on what I know about it, I feel like it would be a good tie-in for the episode we have coming up. Hmm. So I guess that's it.
0: That'll about do it.
1: Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of the supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Maracruz, Rosa, Javier, Benjamin, Kyle, and Kate.
0: If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show.
1: If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television.
0: We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter, or at I Love television Zines at gmail.com. So
1: until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to the Uncharted Territories.